Lord God, you are with us every day. You are with us every moment of every day. We ask that we would know your presence now. That you would speak to us. That we would live for your praise and your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. As you read through the book of Proverbs, and hopefully uh, you're doing that uh, over this Lent, uh, there are some verses that capture the imagination. The Proverbs might be short and snappy, uh, but the pictures they paint uh, really stand out. So, for example, uh, 21 verse 6 It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house with a quarrelsome wife. You get that picture that it'd be better to camp on the roof than it would to share a whole house with a quarrelsome wife. But none of us have moved onto the roof, so obviously our wives are fine. Have I dug myself out of that one, do you think? But as you read through lots of pictures, lots of uh, wonderful pictures, uh, the one that probably stands out the most is the sluggard. In three uh, passages which we had read earlier, uh, as well as some isolated verses throughout, uh, we're introduced to the sluggard. As his name sounds, he isn't terribly quick. To do anything at all. That is, if he does anything at all. Now perhaps that sounds great. At being able to do very little. Taking your time to enjoy a duvet day. At not really bothering with very much. Definitely not worrying about working. To our overworked, constantly busy culture, the sluggard's existence might seem very attractive. Like the worker who waits for the weekend and says it's great that it's Friday. Or those counting down years and maybe even days to retirement, the desire to do nothing is strong. But the sluggard isn't here as a role model. He isn't uh, portrayed in a good light. You see, this isn't something to aspire to. Rather, he's here uh, in Proverbs as a warning. Something to learn from, something to avoid. As we've seen uh, the whole way through Proverbs, there's a, a wise way to live. And a foolish way to live. I think I've shared one time before that I was in our school play. Whenever I was in P6. The production was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And uh, owing to my natural ability, my uh, acting prowess... um, I was 
sleeping. <laughs> For an hour and a half, I sat on a chair at the front of the stage and pretended to sleep. I had two lines the whole night. And I'm nearly going to yawn doing them because that's what I had to do that when I was that age. I'm tired. <laughs> and then at the very end, is it bedtime now? <laughs> Sadly, I didn't get an Oscar that year for my performance, but it's as if I was channeling the sluggard. Look at um, Proverbs 26, the last of the three Proverbs readings. The sluggard says, there is a lion in the road. There is a lion in the streets. So we won't leave the house. It's just too dangerous to go outside. You never know, there might be... Uh, a lion on the loose. It's much better to stay safe inside. You don't know if a bus might hit you today, so it's safer to not risk it. Just stay inside. And better uh, to stay inside safe and warm in his bed, as verse 14 says. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard. Turn on his bed. He turns over and over. Trying to get comfortable. Getting the best position. And it looks as if it's the only exercise he gets. As he turns on his bed. And turns again. Especially since at verse 15. Whenever he does get up. It's too much work to even eat. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. It wears him out to bring it up to his mouth. It's too much work to lift the spoon to his mouth. He's just kind of slumped over. Can't even summon the energy to eat. It's such a strain. It's too much work. And don't try to convince him otherwise. Don't try and encourage him to do anything. To rebuke him. Because verse 16. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes. Than seven men can answer sensibly. So he has uh, a full rationale for why he's not going to bother to do anything. Do you see the the humour in this picture? The uh, extreme nature of uh, his laziness? While we probably won't find such an extreme example, I wonder could there be Samples of sluggardiness in each of us or in most of us. Perhaps uh, the parents of teenagers find a bit of truth 
uh, in those verses. But maybe it's not just the young who can be a bit sluggardly. Sometimes on Sunday night whenever uh, we get back from uh, Snatch and it's about half nine and um, you're a bit tired maybe, um, you just sit and look at Facebook uh, and to see uh, the number of friends on Facebook who have what I call the Sunday night blues. Oh, it's Sunday. Or Monday-itis. That kind of mystery illness that comes about on a Monday morning because the weekend's over. It's back to work again. Or perhaps there are just some things that we have to do, but we leave until we really, 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 really have to do them. Some of us might be procrastinators, putting things off until the last minute. And I have to put my hand up at this one. Um, Yeah, that's right. Um, My homeworks when I was at school and my essays when I was at college um, were a bit like that. You see, it says there, uh, we looked at it a moment ago, that the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer wisely. And um, my very sensible, in my eyes, reasoning went a little something like this. It's Tuesday. I have an essay due in on Friday. If I do the essay now, on Tuesday, and Jesus comes back tomorrow, then that's wasted effort. Because it never needed to be in in the first place. So I would find myself on Thursday night, past midnight, sitting writing essays through the next morning. You see, it seems so wise in my own eyes, but I'll allow you to tell me that I was a fool. Um, Procrastination. I uh, saw the other day that a new form of procrastination uh, has been invented uh, called procaffeination. The delaying of doing any work until you've had a good cup of coffee. I wonder, have we anyone like that? The sluggard sounds so attractive. We've uh, maybe recognized a little bit of that. Uh, in ourselves and it sounds great doesn't it Uh, there uh, in chapter 24 and verse 33 a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands to rest now thankfully no one's doing that tonight Um, Aloof from the pulpit you can see quite a lot happening sometimes but uh, no one is doing that right now but doesn't it sound great? Little sleep, little slumber and folding the hands to rest and yet twice we're told that it is the slippery slope to poverty and to want. Many of you know I grew up in the main street in the middle of Dromore, which 
Although it's a small place in the country, I really am a townie. I don't really know one end of a cow from the other, despite Morris Hurst's best attempts to educate me. Uh, But as I drive around, I'm getting to know fields and getting to know what happens in them and um, what's growing and, and all that kind of stuff. I would say that all of you are better at that than me. I'll not deny that. But even I would be able to know what was happening in the field of a sluggard. Even I would be able to see that it, you know, it wasn't the best that's happening. Look at uh, 24.30. I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Even I would be able to see that that's not a good field. You see, the sluggard doesn't bother to work, doesn't bother to keep everything right. So he has no way of growing crops, no way of eating because there's no welfare state there's no uh, payments to keep people going little sleep little slumber and poverty will be the result now I am quite sure that you can think of an exception to that sometimes the laziest of people Come into a great inheritance. The laziest of people might win the lottery. While hard working people work away and just struggle to keep their head above water. I know that there are exceptions to this. But like the rest of Proverbs, what we have here are probabilities. Not promises. You see, Proverbs is the observation of life in God's world. And this is the way things generally happen. There may be exceptions, but this is normally the way things work. If you tend to sleep and slumber, then poverty will tend to come. And just as the Lord Jesus points to uh, nature to keep us from worrying, which we saw uh, the other week uh, from Luke's gospel, look at uh, the ravens and and look at the lilies. Uh, So Solomon uh, in chapter 6 points to nature to keep us from being sluggardly. He says, go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. There's no boss, there's no ruler, there's no manager. And yet all the ants get on with their work. They store up food ready for the winter. And I had uh, toyed with the idea of getting one of those ant farms for tonight. You know the kind of, it's like a wee glass box and there's all the stuff in it and you can see the ants going up and down but then uh, looking at some people's faces I realised that was a good idea not to because that might be a wee bit creepy 
Um, but we used to have one in school in the science lab, and it was fascinating uh, to watch the little ants busy at their work. And Solomon says, if even the wee ant works away, then why not you? Watch the ant, says Solomon, and stop being sluggard. That's a wise thing to do for anyone and for everyone. But for the Christian, it's also a command. In both of Paul's letters to the church in Thessalonica, he refers to work. He says that it's a good thing if you're able to do it. You see, he says, uh, if you're not willing to work, then you should not eat. But if you're not able to, uh, then that's different. But look at the uh, contrast in verse 11. He says, for we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. He points to the example of himself whenever he arrived in Thessalonica. He had uh, preached the gospel but he had also worked so as not to burden them not because he didn't have a right for payment uh, but because uh, he didn't want to burden them but he sets an example uh, to work sometimes uh, we think that at work must be part of the fall part of the curse but Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden to tend and to care for it. They were given work uh, by God. It's part uh, of God's plan for the world. But the fall only corrupted it. It brought uh, that sweat and strain and toil. That's why uh, things aren't always straightforward. Why the confusions and frustrations and annoyances happen. But the Lord Jesus came to complete his work. To do all that the Father uh, wanted of him. And when he finished it, he sat down. He entered his rest. He wasn't sluggardly in the thing he came to do. He perfectly uh, did God's will and God's work. That's why we uh, can take refuge in the finished work of Christ for us on the cross. Why we can bring him our frustrations so let's learn from the ant let's shake ourselves from sluggardliness let's live wisely in God's word as we live for him let's pray
Lord God, we thank you for uh, the work that you have called us to. We pray that you would help us to uh, live for you. To live wisely in your word. Help us not to be sluggardly. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.